I'm joined by uh, a man all the way from Lorraine in um, the eastern, northeastern corner of France. That's right. Um, and you're very welcome, uh, Kevin uh, Saudet. Bonjour, merci. Uh, uh, thank you so much for having ah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, how did a Frenchman get a name like Kevin? Um, well, I'm not sure if I should say that. I think my parents actually liked Kevin Costner at the time, and I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very popular name, actually, in the late 80s, early 90s in France, and, uh, and of course, it kind of feeds into that, you know, Celtic roots uh, in, uh, in Bretagne, you know, yeah, the Breton. Yeah, yes, yes. I suppose, just to, to say to people, uh, our connection with Kevin is that um, he was on stage with us during the East, uh, during the, the night at the, at the, um, the, cab- the night of the musicals, the cabaret night. I was in it myself and I can't even think of the name. Johnny, o- <laughs> jo- Johnny O'Brien will kill me, but he knows I, I'm useless at remembering lyrics society. anyway. But uh, Kevin was, he was singing and dancing with the After Ace and with the Jersey Boys. So, wow. <laughs> and... I discovered he was a, a French, he's living in Ballina and he's a, a French political scientist, a very serious and young man he is too. Yeah, so my attention was actually divided between the show and the, uh, the rehearsals and all that and the, the French elections that were unfolding on the very same day. So, yeah, um, so, yeah I mean, it was a tremendous pleasure to meet you and, uh, and everyone at uh, the uh, Scarif Musical Society. I have to say, you know, the word community, I was listening mm. to your guest there and to yourselves for the past uh, hour or so, the word community has come up at least a dozen times anyway. Yes. Um, and, and, and I think... Um, uh, what we had there at that, you know, a night at the musicals, yeah. uh, this was all about it, yeah. community. Pulse and pulse. I am here for it. Mm. Yeah, great. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Kevin, I could talk to you all day because there's so many things I want to ask you. One of the things, you're from Lorraine. Lorraine changed hands uh, quite a few times over the centuries. It was German, French, it was German, it was Alsace French. especially. It was yeah. More than Lorraine, I thought both of them went together. Uh, Alsace more often, I think. Yes, uh, yeah, slightly more often. But uh, but yeah, actually, uh, Lorraine, parts of it anyway, um, uh, well, yeah, belong you were, to... Were, were taken, by, taken over by the Prussians in 1870. That's right. Taken yeah. back by the French in 1918 and taken again by the Germans in 1939 as part of Germany. Yeah, I think Lorraine, though, are still, um, are very much, you know, feel very much French, but Alsace really uh, yeah. have have a, a culture of their own yes. uh, and yes. uh, very much so yeah. uh, still kind of in between, you know, yeah. are we, you know, what are we? Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. Actually, my, my sister's husband comes from um, Strasbourg, from Alsace, and his father, uh, when his father was born, he was born into French Alsace. And and there was German as being spoken around. So anytime he spoke German in school, he was beaten. Mm. And then the Germans took over. And anytime he spoke French in school in 1939, between 1939 and 45, he was beaten. Mm. And so they were all speaking German. And then when the French took over again in 1945, anytime he spoke German in yeah, school. Yeah. So it was... Uh, very confusing. <laughs> very confusing. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but I think what, one, uh, one uh, thing that I take away from, from what you just said there is that, you know, the beauty of the European Union to actually have, have settled those, uh, those differences and yeah. those conflicts. You yeah, know, yeah, uh, yeah. now you can actually cross, uh, you know, the Doran, uh, um, you know, across to Germany, yeah. just, you know, as freely as... Uh, as, as across the bridge in Killaloo. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Probably. Uh, so with with less antagonism yeah. than <laughs> Well, <laughs> listen, we must get to, to um, uh, you've been here since 2008. Mm-hmm. 
and you came here. So you're you're about twenty. When twenty, you, yeah. yeah. When you arrived, yeah. what brought you to Ireland? So I came here for for a weekend, uh, maybe like a year prior. A long to that. weekend. Yeah, no, I came here for a weekend actually a year prior to that, and I okay. just uh, fed head over heels anyway uh, with Ireland. And um, and actually at the time I was uh, I had in mind to become an airline pilot, so I was a private pilot already. I was flying small planes. I wanted to become professional, so I said I need a bit of English to actually uh, to you know uh, get myself in that, in that industry. And actually, um, so I came here uh, to learn a bit of English initially for six months. 14 years on I'm still here but I arrived at the time of the crash so yeah. literally as soon as I landed you know things were unraveling completely mm. and thousands of pilots actually looking for jobs so I said hey you know I'm gonna wait it out for for a while and you know 14 years on I'm still here yeah. and still loving every yeah. minute of it yeah. <laughs> I notice you have a monster jersey on you I th- that's significant it's a big weekend yeah. it's a big weekend for you this weekend but when you arrived here the monster was important for you to your first job yeah, so uh, when I arrived here, of course, I had to look for a job. So I literally, so I think maybe if young people actually listen to us, you know, that's something you do when you're 20 years of age. I actually, I actually had saved up maybe three grand and I hadn't, had only booked a hotel room. So I said, I need to start my life here. So initially, uh, my first choice was actually Limerick. Yeah. Um, and I arrived in Limerick in a hotel room, had to look for, for a place and, uh, and uh, then for a job. And actually at the time, Munster Rugby were opening their new stadium, revamped Thummel Park. So I was very lucky because... Because I had trained as a security guard uh, mm-hmm. in vocational training, and uh, and that's how I got the job. You know, so I yeah. started my first job ever was actually security guard in Thomond Park, nice. what a place to work. Yeah. In, you know, and I caught the red fever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And then I suppose after that, one of the you were also in the fire brigade, weren't you, in France? And yes, yeah. yeah. And I suppose um, there's many options for young uh, for young men or adolescents in France uh, mm-hmm. to to get busy. You know, be on sports. You can actually be involved in uh, the local Gara station and actually learn. You know, lear- learn uh, some of the you know um, skills. Skills, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As young as ten years of age, like you know. So mm-hmm. anyway, I I was a fireman, yes, and I'm paramedic, yeah. um, and. Um, and so that probably helped me get that job as well, you know. And uh, I believe one of, the, one of the reasons you wouldn't be found in the red, you have a reason for not being found in the red and white of Cork, because um, one of the jobs you were looking for was at the Cork Fire Brigade. So, yeah, I, I was in that job. I was doing night shift in Tomo Park, minding the place, you know, overnight. And actually one night I said, I need to do something, uh, something else. You know, I need to think, use my brain um, and I need to move. And so I said, it's either I join the... Uh, the fire brigade in Cork so I tried that and if I fail uh, I'll just go back to college because I had already given up on my dream to mm. become a pilot at that point I was like you know what it's actually nah, not for me uh, moving on and actually um, I failed the Cork fire brigade would you believe uh, oh, no. because of my English I couldn't understand the instructions they were giving me in the <laughs> tests so you know <laughs> so I failed miserably so I went to college you know um, I mean God. Um. <laughs> we should. Uh, uh, before you, uh, I finish with you. I'll teach you the banks of my own lovely Lee, so that you'll be able to sing the Cork anthem. <laughs> so you won't be shouting for Cork anyway. The most yeah, championship. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so you went back to college then. Um, what did you went back in UL? Was it? 
Yeah. So I, I actually had inherited, uh, and I think that many people relate to that here in Ireland, I had inherited my parents' uh, political identity. Mm. You know, I had inherited a right-wing family, and, and uh, I, I, I guess I went to college uh, to actually um, find the... Uh, the, the the skills and the, the theoretical background uh, um, uh, to challenge that because you had worked on Sarkozy's campaign, hadn't you, as an eighteen? Yeah, I'm not oh. sure I wanted to say it on the radio, but yes, <laughs> yes, uh, I did campaign for Sarkozy. Actually, I've you know I I have no regrets at all. Uh, it, it actually trained me politically as well, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to challenge that anyway, and so I went to college. I did sociology and politics at UL, and uh, and now I actually am a PhD at the end of my PhD. Yeah. Uh, I even lecture in politics now which is you know i'm so incredibly thankful for so it's uh it's uh yeah it's been a great academic journey you know? and yeah. can i just ask how are your stress levels with the phd oh up to 90 yeah yeah, yeah up to 90 yeah. But, uh, but listen i chose that way yeah. uh the, the, that route anyway so um, no one to blame but yourself no yeah. exactly just could could i just um go back there that while you were doing the ph while you were studying and doing your degree in um sociology and politics um something significant happened in your own life in terms of you discovered something about yourself. Yeah, very, very significant. Um, So, you know what they say, hindsight is incredibly powerful, you know, Mm. and actually in hindsight, uh, I, uh, aviation was not, uh, was not for me uh, because as it turned out at the end of my third year in, um, in, in, uh, in my degree, I was diagnosed with uh, MS. So uh, just, uh, so basically what happened was I went to France to bury my my mother who had uh, passed away from MS herself and literally two days after the burial uh, I am I I was uh, very catastrophically um, paralyzed on one side of my body so then ensued several months in hospital rehabilitation learning how to walk and use my hands even speech was affected and um, and at the time uh, the what happened was extraordinary and something that I'm not sure would happen uh, in France and it speaks to that sense of community that people have uh, in Ireland that the whole Limerick community where I was at the time uh, until then teaching uh, fitness classes and you know I had I had integrated myself very successfully through sports actually and uh, and they said hey that young man is 27 he's uh, at the moment in a hospital bed you know this is not from no doing of his we need to help him uh, and so they organized uh, fundraisers they cycled across the country for me wow. to raise funds to support me but I think beyond money uh, just knowing that hundreds maybe thousands of people I don't know uh, who followed my journey that I was um, the, the journaling online uh, uh, gave me uh, immense uh, strength uh, to amazing. on that journey and so, you were in hospital in France at this I point. was in hospital in France and in this the was re- happening here in the hospital where my mom actually had spent years so I was uh, I was well looked after over there um, and very very thankfully uh, they have now that is maybe the uh, the, the downside of, of Ireland at the moment and I aim to actually inc- you know improve us through talking about it mm-hmm. uh, we had a fabulous uh, rehabilitation centre and a very robust uh, health system uh, mm-hmm. to help me along yeah, the, the way the health system in in France I've always been aware of is actually quite good 
Um, so that is something that I suppose you've had on your side. Yeah, I mean, just imagine a city, the equivalent of uh, of Nina, mm. you know, uh, where I was. I had a, a state-of-the-art uh, rehabilitation centre, mm. uh, multidisciplinary, brand new. Uh, and um, I, I guess, you know, it was meant to happen that I mm. was going to need rehabilitation whilst I'm in France. I don't know, you can read it to mm. us in this way if you want. Yeah. And can I just yeah. ask, just with regard to the fact of your diagnosis, did you feel in any way prepared of how to manage it, given that your mother had it? Um, no, because uh, that was not very much spoken about. Okay. Uh, I, I actually didn't know about mm. MS at all. Uh, however, you know, I was I had kind of a scientific mind anyway, so I read into it. And uh, and actually one thing I understood. Um, and so uh, and actually the previous person was speaking here and the news that you said about uh, exercising heart disease and all that, I knew that uh, what prepared me was actually being fit um, mm. uh, and actually having, you know, done running and all that. So so I think the message here is uh, by um, exercising, you're not only preventing, you know, uh, you know, you're, yeah, you're preventing a whole range of, uh, of, of issues in the, yeah. in the future. And also good for your mind as well, just to even. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, yeah, that connection actually between my symptoms now as uh, uh, someone living with MS and uh, and my my happiness mm. uh, is I'm acutely aware of it. Yeah, acutely yeah. aware of it. Yeah. And um, as somebody with MS, you are you, 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 I think a very strong message for people that you are living very positively with it, and you're doing everything that that, that you ever did before. Yeah, it's it's really important. Uh, you know, some um, still when you ask, uh, say, people of an older generation, uh, mm. when you say to them you have MS, uh, immediately there's a sense of shock. You say, oh. My God. But actually, mm. now the medication has come a very long way in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, and uh, MS, uh, importantly, is no longer a sentence. Yes. So yeah. uh, MS actually has, uh, without MS, I probably would be doing a PhD right now in, okay. in, in, in UL. It, it's wow. focused my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right, because you had three years done and you had your last year, you had, to, you had to delay your last year. Yeah. And then you made up your mind that since your body was in a bit of bother, your brain was going to do stuff for you yeah and, and then uh, and then there my my academic journey kind of followed followed on you know yes. uh, so um and yeah my last year was was my best your my best, best year, year you, you as you as you as you said to me you aced it tell me what you did I, I had A1 across the board, yeah, for the whole year. Yeah, wow. so, uh, yeah, and, and I was a B1 kind of student, you know, prior yeah. to that. So, yeah. so again, you know, that feeds into that message. MS is not a sentence, mm. you know, yeah. and uh, uh, one can draw some, some positives from that. Yeah. Another significant thing that happened for you here was the marriage equality referendum. Yes. So I'm uh, I myself, I'm a gay man. Right. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, as if I needed uh, to be reminded already, I mean, I knew that MS, uh, that, that sorry, that uh, the country was an incredible um, uh, country that welcomed me uh, with open arms. But actually, the, the, the one day that I knew that I'd chosen the right country to, mm. to settle for one part of my life anyway, was the day that uh, you guys, 64% of the country across generations, uh, voted in a referendum in favour of the of yes equality mm. of the gay marriage. And, uh, and, and to me, it was very significant because um, it, it, it sort of told me, sent me the message, say, you're welcome here. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. um, I suffered actually in France. That was probably one of the, the motivation for leaving France. I suffered at the time from... Uh, uh, you would say uh, implicit homophobia, not, okay. not so much explicit, but yeah. it was there. Um, so, 
Um, so yeah, go Ireland. And yeah. actually, I think um, a second thing that I've noticed because uh, I'm here 14 years is in the space of 14 years, the rate of change that this country has gone through yes. from a societal uh, and social point of view is nothing short of extraordinary. That's phenomenal. You know, I mean, yeah. like comparatively, if you look at other countries, I don't, I can't think of any other country that has gone through all those changes. Mm. Um, and um, uh, yeah, incredible. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about, I mean, just I suppose as a, as a Frenchman uh, living, living in Ireland, uh, and looking in at us, you, we were talking the other day, you mentioned that as, a, as in terms of political discussion, our political discussion, you say, is not about ideas, it's about business. And uh, they might as well uh, not call our political discussion programmes political discussions, call them business programmes, mm. because we don't deal with ideas. Maybe you'd... Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, when I uh, teach, uh, you know, in, in UL on, on politics, sometimes, you know, I even say to my students, I'm like, you know, so I, I know you guys are not, you know, uh, maybe a bit shy, you know, mm. um, uh, culturally um, uh, reluctant, maybe. Um, but, you know, sometimes I wish that you had like a, a, a very vivid discussion between fascist on one side and mm. communist on the other to actually have like, you know, talk about ideas mm. and, and different visions of society. And I find that the vision of society in, in, in Ireland uh, is, is very much uh, tied to, you know, cost and benefit, you know, mm -hmm. and, and money and business. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I actually find that um, perhaps some of the, the best intellectual talents, you know, actually go towards business rather than, than politics, say. Yeah. Whereas in France, you know, we have a very robust civil service, uh, yeah. elitist, you could say, in one, on the one hand. Uh, but on the other, um, it, it's, it's very much about, like, you know, philosophical discussions and mm. ideas and, and what, is, what is society, what is the state, and, and where are we going, and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, where do we come from? So... Uh, and I think we can see the same, and I mean, I think, and I've written a bit about it this week, but in terms of ourselves here, we talk about the cost and benefit of everything rather than the idea. So, yeah. for instance, we don't talk about the, um, nor even, say, unification is coming back on the agenda mm. now, the unification of the country. So we're talking about, can we afford it and will the Northerners be prepared to pay a GP for their GP? Mm. Rather than saying, well, what kind of a country do we want? Yeah. What is the idea of mm. the island? How can we make... And, but the first thing we ask, what's it going to cost? Yeah. And I think it's the same with us in climate change. You know, who's going to pay me to stop setting fire to myself? Mm. You know, yeah. we want to know what who's going to pay us and, and I, how much you're going to get. And I would agree, I think, because I know this week there there have been the protests have started with regard to medical technicians, you know, and they're mm -hmm. looking for pay parity. But it's... It's again it, that that in itself, the answer would probably come as a cost. But actually, it's what's the benefit of what they are bringing? Like, yes. look at the actual work that nurses are doing, doctors are doing. But yet, it seems to be the big the big wigs are getting the big money. But actually, the benefit of the work that's been done on the ground tends to get overlooked. Exactly. Um, My answer to that would be education. Mm. You know, I would be, you know, uh, seriously consider uh, the place of philosophy, uh, yes. uh, you know, in teaching kids. Yeah. Uh, seriously consider uh, the place of teaching uh, Europe, you yeah. know, because actually we, 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 we pride ourselves of being the most pro-European country of, uh, of the European Union. But actually, my students, when they come into my classes, don't know a single thing about the EU. You yeah. know, and uh, and that is a big problem, I think, yeah. uh, as as we go towards a deeper kind of, you know, deeper, um, uh, integration. And maybe we get on to the, the European thing. I mean, it's um, 
First of all, to, in France, there there has been. I mean, the, Macron held on and, and and won the election. But I mean, there is a very strong surge to the right. We see it in Hungary. We see it in 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 Poland, and almost um, the, 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 using the EU as almost to get a pan-European right-wing uh, movement going. I, I think it's a, it's a global uh, phenomenon anyway. You know, you've heard about that culture war uh, and you see in the US, I mean, the US is is, uh, is incredibly polarised. I guess um, um, I, I guess what's happening in, in mainland Europe is a, is a fundamental transformation of, uh, you know, remember we were talking about ideas and ideology mm-hmm. before it used to be left, right, you mm-hmm. know, so capitalist against uh, um, the uh, workers. Uh, but now we're, we're actually moving into uh, more debates about lifestyle, uh, about uh, individual rights, about the rule of law. And so there's a transformation of political systems in mainland Europe that actually um, um, has not... Um, pervaded uh, this country yet you know and I'm so happy about that to be honest Mm. you know uh, and and finally I suppose just to stay on the broader political thing you are a um, you're a very committed European you think we're we're, we're going for ever greater integration that's Mm -hmm. the way it's going uh, yes, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, there, there's a term that I quite like uh, from, a, from a, a political philosopher, Luc van Midlar, and he calls that the current of history. Uh, history just takes you somewhere and it's almost unstoppable. Mm. Uh, and I think what's going on in Ukraine, for, for instance, uh, you see the example of uh, Finland and Sweden, uh, who are you know, what, what was previously only a couple of months ago, unthinkable, joining NATO. Uh, and so I think, um, uh, you know, requiring uh, major historical changes like these, like the, the conflict, the war in Ukraine, uh, are going to uh, motivate deeper integration. So maybe, just maybe, Ireland is going to finally uh, be a little bit less naive about its uh, security mm. uh, and actually seriously think about uh, and have a discussion. I think this is important, uh, not coming from the top, but having a discussion about uh, uh, what is the place of Ireland in the European Union? What is the place of Ireland uh, in, in on the global stage? Mm. Uh, and are we taking our security uh, uh, seriously? Mm. Uh, and I think... Um, uh, it's not for me to actually adjudicate right now, but just, you know, let's think about it, you know, uh, beyond the figures. OK. Yeah. Well, that's going, that is a huge discussion and that's going to be the next. And I suppose, again, it would be hard to get that discussion going at the level of ideas, um, especially if, say, the, the, the French Navy promise uh, to, to build a, a naval base yeah. <laughs> in the Shannon Estuary and, and produce 500,000 jobs. That could be yeah. a sweetener. Um, just finally, the French and food and Irish food. Um, we're always we're always curious as to what you think of our food. <laughs> okay, well, the first thing I think everyone will uh, will agree with me, I think food is way overpriced. Uh, mm. And um, uh, yeah, way overpriced. Um, restaurants, actually, I find actually very dear, mm. right? Um, so, uh, but I, I think there's uh, perhaps one thing that's, oh my God, did you remember what you said the first thing in that show? I hope I won't cause outrage. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me say that thing. I'm going to be outrageous right now. You'll see. Um, So I actually was invited to 
so as I said, I was a security guard mm. in Tong Park, and so I couldn't go home to France for Christmas. But I managed to go home just before Christmas uh, for a couple of days, and I came back with a bunch of uh, a box of macaroons, right, uh, yeah. from the Champs Elysees, and um, and I, I was invited for the fa- for to a family dinner, Christmas family dinner, by my friend Jack uh, in uh, in Limerick, and uh, I couldn't come in empty-handed, so I actually had that box of macaroons, uh, and so I brought that to the family dinner and I said hey look we're gonna have macaroons for dinner not one of them had a single macaroon do you know what they <laughs> went for they went for trifle what <laughs> <laughs> is trifle even a dessert I find this is the worst dessert ever and I know I'd you, actually agree with you on that. oh my god because I know you guys in Ireland I have have oh. I kind of an obsession with trifle uh, and I just don't get it right I just don't get this this so-called dessert so I guess that'll be that, that's all I'll say about food you know <laughs> But I, I will say though, I think Ireland again beyond so, social changes that you've uh, you've gone through. I think food is um, is is becoming more of a thing in mm. Ireland. Coffee uh, for start, when it's I huge. first arrived in, yeah. in fifteen uh, fifteen years ago, uh, I don't think coffee was that good. You know, yeah. so I think uh, we're moving in the right game, direction yeah. anyway. Great. But you know. Man, I love Ireland. So thank you so much, Ireland, for everything. Oh, thank you, love Kevin. You, love you, thank love you, you for you. sharing yeah, your story yeah. with us. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. It hasn't been a trifle having you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nice. it's been it's been it's been lovely having you, and you're an amazing young man and uh, pleasure, uh, an inspiration, really. You pleasure, know, and yeah. uh, and provocative as well. Uh, and so yeah, food for thought. Food yeah. for thought. Yeah. yeah. Thank so, you so much.